guys. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome in. It's episode five of the Rev and Bone Show presented by againstthespread.home.blog. I'm your host, Rev, Rev Kev, and we got T-Bone on the other side. How are you doing tonight, T-Bone? T-Bone, I'm excited. It's opening day eve. It is, yeah. They have like opening week going on all week. We had some uh, little Angels-Dodgers cross-town clash right down at Angels Stadium, right down the street from me. I was going to go to one of the games, hence the delay, and uh, didn't get out of work on time. So I did not go to it. But uh, long season. Long season. Plenty we got of a games lot. to get to. Plenty of games to get to. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch. Uh, I got a few local teams in my area. We got the Padres down south. We got Angel Stadium right over, just, just right over the overpass, and then uh, Dodger Stadium. Uh, my personal favorite, right up, uh, right up the street, up there, um, in Los Angeles. So, uh, to start off the show tonight, uh, let's go through what we're going to talk about. We got uh, who's the most iconic number five. We got uh, NCAA basketball talk. We got the Final Four coming up. Um, bird of the week, of course, of course, bird of the week. Of we got some Lamar Jackson discussion. Uh, it's a hot topic this week. We got uh, we got a little MLB preview, which we might cut into an episode uh, on its own, a little standalone, depending on how long it goes. We don't know. We'll find out when we get to the end of this. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the our favorite, well, my favorite HBO show, Succession. Uh, that is back this week. I'm very excited to talk about that. And then we end it on uh, music. What's going on with music this this week, this month? What came out? What did you like? What did you not like? And uh, let's kick it off with who's the most iconic number five. When you think of number five, number five, who I do got you think five of? on it. Oh, I just thought of one, but actually, I don't think it's going to be your segue. Um, okay, when I think of number five, uh, personally, I'll go first. Obviously, uh, when I think of number five, you can't go without saying Terry Labonte. And that number five, you got the Kellogg's. Uh, uh, cornflakes driving around NASCAR, uh, driving around the track. Um, definitely the less cool of the two Labonte brothers. Um, yeah, was it on Bobby? Bobby Labonte, Bobby Labonte, and the number 18 interstate batteries car looked badass screaming around the badass. track. His older brother, Terry, not as cool. Uh, so therefore, he's not the most number iconic number five. Uh, you had Ryan Dungey, um, motocross rider, won back to back to back, I think back to back to back to back championships. He was on the Wheaties box. He really back brought to back, back to back. He really brought motocross to a new level. But personally, I think his personality is uh, pretty milk toast. Um, milk toast doesn't, doesn't really compare with the personalities that we're seeing nowadays. So if he could have coupled that success with better branding, then maybe yeah. he'd be the most iconic number five. But uh, this Sometimes one's kind of a personal pick, branding, you know. It does. It does. And there's a lot of guys in the sport right now that are doing a really great job with that. It's very exciting to see, not to make this an entire Supercross episode as much as I would like to. Um, we're going to veer away from that and we're going to go into my most iconic number five. Uh, it's a personal pick. Uh, I pick from the heart. And I'm picking myself. What? That's right. We're talking Kevin Schoenhoven. We're talking <laughs> state champion quarterback. <laughs> Backup, maybe third string quarterback. I got in the game second, so I guess you'd count that as a as second string uh, quarterback. State champion for the Dakota Indians high school football team back in two thousand eight. We wow. went down there and we whooped Westfield's ass. Wow! And that's why I got into the game. 
uh, fun facts about uh, the most iconic number five. Um, I was number five on the sophomore team and uh, uh, my junior year team. And uh, I threw a bunch of interceptions my sophomore year. So they were like, yeah, you're definitely not going to start. Um, I would see the guy wide open down the field and it's, it's, I got the yips. I got the yips real bad, but yeah, yeah, the guy would be screaming down the field and I would just lob it up, intercept it every single time. It was a, it was a really great thing in the state championship game. Uh, they put me in cause we were up 44 to seven, something along those lines. We were killing them. They're like, Kevin, get in there. And so the starting line was still in there. I hadn't taken any snaps with the starting line at all, all, all season. And uh, I get in there. One of the the fullback, he was like, Kevin, don't fumble. Cause they knew that I fumble all the time. That, apparently, <laughs> apparently I was pretty mistake prone. Uh, I get in there. I'm like, don't worry. I got this. I go under the center, say down, set, hot, fumbled the snap, recovered it. And a new quarterback into the game for Dakota is number five, Kevin Schoenhoven. And uh, as you might imagine, a little uh, trouble there with the snap. Schoenhoven is a 6-1 junior. But I definitely fumbled. Uh, but that counts as a, a statistic. I, uh, I got negative two rushing yards. So you can go ahead and check out IHSA's website. Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> proud of that one. We got negative two rushing yards. And I think in a previous playoff game, I had two rushing yards because possibly of another fumbled snap, but I was able to rush that one for two yards. So I got two carries for zero yards. Uh, the most iconic number five. We're talking Kevin Schoenhoven. Okay. Okay. Wow. I like it. I like the, I like the, uh, the ability to go out on a limb there. <laughs> hey, when I think of number five, and oh. I think a lot of other people do, they think of Kevin Schoenhoven yeah. out there in the maroon and white. You know what I'm talking about? You, I, I, I love it. I love the pick. I love the confidence because you know what? You could go you, with you could go with Joe DiMaggio. You could go. Are you Albert changing your Pujols. pick? No, I'm, I'm saying you could go with these guys. You know, Jolton Joe, Albert Pujols, Johnny Bench, Jason Kidd. But if you have exactly. the ability on your own show to go with yourself, you got to go with yourself. You got to go with yourself. I, re I respect that. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this ever since we started. Like, who's the most iconic? Yeah, picks. I'm like, okay, well, number five, that's me. <laughs> it's obviously me. Just writing up your whole bio up leading up to episode five. I love it. I was love actually it. going to wear my jersey. I got it. It's right there. Oh, number five. How can you not? You got it. Throw that thing on. Uh, All right, I'm going to throw break. it on. Next break. Throw it okay. Yeah, next. Throw next. <laughs> okay, I'll throw it on right now. You, you, you give me some. Uh, actually, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Boom! Goes the dynamite. Yeah, wrap it. <laughs> nice. Most iconic number five right here, baby. Five. Number five, Dakota. Representing <laughs> John Hoban. It's pretty sick. It is. My dad That's actually iconic. mailed me this That's like a couple weeks ago. I don't I don't know where I was storing it at, at his house, but yeah, my dad my dad mailed it to me. Pretty excited about that. You know, you got to go with the maroon. I got the white one in there too, but I'm pretty sure a cat peed on it at some point. A bunch of stains all over it. Not this one. This one's podcast ready. Oh, yeah. We're ready to go. A lot of times I'll, no, a lot of times that, that implies that I wear this a lot. But whenever I do wear this, 
um, people are like, is that like a practice jersey? Because it's like, you see, it, no, meshy. Yeah, <laughs> super meshy. Yeah, it's got the super wide. No, we were just a very poor school. Hey, you know, can't always can all have it like that, you know. Hey, what can what you, you do? What you lacked in funds, you made up for with heart on the field, which took you to the state championship game, I'm sure. Yeah, what we lacked in funds, we made up for in championship rings. Exactly. What's more yeah. important? Maybe I should throw that on. To actually, I don't. That, I think that's under my bed somewhere in some <laughs> some safekeeping box. Nice. Who's your number five? So, yeah, I um, mentioned a couple of my honorable mentions there. Pujols, DiMaggio, Bench. Uh, I think Bench is probably the best catcher of all time. Um, Jason Kidd, I had I had two hometown favorites um, coming, from, coming out of Chicago. Donovan McNabb wore number five with the Eagles. Um, and then I, I actually put put John Paxson on the list. Uh, Johnny Pax. Mm. 1993. Really? Killer uh, dagger jumper uh, on the wing to win the championship for their first three-peat down in Phoenix. I'll always remember that moment. Um, happened on, a, I believe it was on Father's Day, actually, 93. Super nice. cool. That's a good touch. Yeah. Um, so those are some, some honorable mentions. My number five, when I, when I think of number five, and I think of the word five, I think of the fab five. Oh, there you go. And it being March Madness still, it being Final Four time, it seemed fitting to throw the Fab Five in there. I'm talking, of course, about the Michigan Wolverines of the early 90s, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, Juwan Howard, um, came in and completely changed the outlook on, on basketball. They changed the style. They, they brought a style to the game that, that didn't exist prior to that. They had the black socks, they had baggy shorts. They had this swagger about them that no one else had at the time. I wanted to be just like them as a kid playing basketball. Um, style aside, accolades wise, they went to back-to-back title games, uh, NCAA title games in 92 and 93 as freshmen and then as sophomores. If it weren't for an ill-advised uh, Chris Weber timeout against North Carolina, they probably would have won that championship altogether. But uh, the Fab Five still lives on today as, uh, I believe, the most iconic college basketball team in history. And therefore, uh, they're my most iconic number five, the Fab Five Michigan Wolverines. I like that pick a lot. I, I grew up, uh, when I was growing up, I think my mom got a Michigan Wolverine shirt for me at Walmart. And I just, I loved it. I'm like, oh man, Michigan, such cool colors. And I had like a big old Wolverine on it. It was a gray shirt, big M on it. It was awesome. I loved uh, Michigan growing up. Uh, obviously their football team um, was my preference, but yeah, the Fab Five. Uh, what year was that? Do you know? 1992, they were freshmen. In 1993, they were sophomores. Um, this was before obviously the one and done uh, form, uh, uh, format that a lot of the colleges are going with getting guys to the pros. They played two full years together, 92 and 93. Um, yeah. Back-to-back title games lost to, I want to say Duke in the first, they lost to Duke in 92. Christian Leitner led Duke blue devils and then lost North Carolina in 93. But yeah, uh, like it's I said, a tough stretch. Chris there. Probably out, get that technical foul. They probably win that game. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I uh, there's a thirty for thirty called. Yeah, what's it called? Oh, um, I think it's just called the Fab Five. 
It's probably called the Fab Five. That sounds like a fitting it's name. It's that iconic. They're that iconic that you just know who they are just by saying the name. They don't even need a, a additional title, I don't think. Yeah. Um, it's a very good 30 for 30. Check that mm-hmm. out. Shout out ESPN uh, yeah. sponsoring this episode. Um, <laughs> one that I one that I thought of um, was Jackson 5. I, I didn't oh, think about too. them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, a lot of one. a lot of our music fans, a lot of our music boys, they're probably just screaming at their screens right now. Like, hey, yeah. Jackson 5, come on, give us some credit. Comment section is blowing up right now. We missed the we missed Jackson 5. We also missed the five heartbeats. I just thought of who when you said Jackson 5. Mm. Do you remember the five heartbeats, the mm-hmm. movie? No. Family Force 5. Classic movie. I got five on it. I got five on it. Nice. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Now we're going. On it. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. I said with that in no way. I got five on it. It's coming stuck in October. I got five on it. Come on, let's go halves on a sack. Man. Brings me back to middle school. What song is that? That's Looney's. I got five on it. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> in reference to, you know, throwing five on a on a on a dime bag or a little sack of weed. Smoking with your friends. This is a family show. This is a family show, brother. Chill out. <laughs> it's legal now. It's legal now. A legal lie, is it? <laughs> I'm sorry for getting you off your segue. You 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 were hyping up these segues between segments, and I'm usually the segue king. We're on to bird of the week, but oh no, I'm sorry. We're on the NCAA talk. I gave you the segues. You gotta you gotta take the segues I give to you. You got you gotta you gotta you gotta speak them in there. You're the you're the host. The host with the most segues. Can you can you handle the segue? We're going into NCAA talk, and you just talked about the Fab Five. Actually, I just kind of said it myself. There it We're is. Talking NCAA talk next, coming out of the Fab Five and Kevin Schoenhoven, uh, who big surprise to a lot of our listeners never went to college. Um, we're on to NCAA basketball. How are you doing over there with the NCAA basketball? Man, I love it. I love I love March Madness. No matter how piss poor the bracket ends up at the end of the at the end of the tournament i still love it i love every single second of it i love it i love every second of it i'll say this i'll say this before you jump into what you're about to say i will say a lot of years i get way too way too cute with it and way too crazy with it and throw upsets galore all over the place this year no different but i did try and be a little bit more chalky with it um but it seems like everybody's bracket screwed so i'm off the hook like everyone's usually like, oh yeah, I had Kansas and Duke in the final four. And right. you know, so I still got two left, but like nobody has anybody left at this no. point. Actually, except no. for Leah. She has, I think she had Miami in her championship game, which is nice. kind of remarkable because I I laughed at her to her face. Miami's got a good squad, but they they did they're under a lot of heat right now for the team that they put together because I'm not sure if you're aware or not, they they paid a lot of their a few of their players the under the NIL rules, the name and likeness uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rules, so the, the guys are getting paid to play right now, essentially. Yeah, what's wrong with Long that? And Pack and these guys, well, because you know it, it blurs some lines when it comes to recruiting, and blurs some lines when it comes to the other schools that aren't you know paying their players to to play. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying there's a, some conversation brewing about their team and the way that they're assembled, and the fact that they're able to make a deep run versus other schools who don't have that you know ability to you know, uh, construct. Fund. Yeah. Funded. I got, yeah, I guess that's the right word. 
I don't know. They're they're Miami. They're not they're not some blue blood that has bags and bags of money to just throw at a team. I'm not saying that Miami like doesn't have money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the U they got to have money. Oh, they got money. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that they I don't know. When you think about Miami, <laughs> it's their football team. Like I they're not pushing all of their chips into the basketball program. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what we should do? We should do a segment on the show highlighting the best football, basketball combo schools. Who has the best combos of football and basketball throughout the years? Throughout the years. Okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Like Miami's a good one, I think, because they've had some decent runs the last couple of years. They just mentioned mentioned Michigan earlier in the episode. I think they'd be one of them. Florida. If you're talking consistency, Miami, I'm sorry, Wisconsin, they're like consistently pretty good. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ohio State, maybe? No. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it like this year alone. Yeah, Ohio no, State I mean, Wisconsin like over, had off over years. Time, like over the last, yeah. maybe since we started watching sports for the last 30 years or so. Yeah, I'd say Wisconsin is pretty reliable in that sense. Yeah, I suppose so. If they made a Final Four in that in that run, I think they made one or two under Bo Ryan, right? Yeah, Maybe they lost one. to Florida in one of them, I think, in Did the they? Final Four on like Florida. a last-second shot. Right, I do remember that now. Yeah, I mean, let's put a pin in that one because I yeah. feel like that is a really good topic of conversation. Maybe for next episode. Teaser, teaser, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so little teaser there. Um, other teams, other teams in the final four. We talked about Miami a little bit. Jim Laranega made it back after yep. was it seventeen years to the day uh, that he took George Mason down to the final four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good for him. He made yeah. it back. Yep. They they were in the elite eight last year. They uh, get to the final four this year. I think they have a good shot at at beating UConn. I mean, UConn's got a. I I didn't watch a lot of UConn throughout the year. I, I didn't see a single game of theirs until their Elite Eight game. And they they looked just outstanding against a really good Gonzaga team. And they just made them look like a, a grade school team out there. So It just bullied them. It, completely. Like, it was not even a game from, from beginning to end. It was just not close. So Yeah, I think what's that best... do for Gonzaga? The past, uh, past two out of three past years uh, in the national championship against Baylor where they just got their ass smoked. And then this year, just go out with a complete whimper. Like, yeah, it's rough. You got to pick it up, Gonzaga. Yeah, you're not the sweet little darling anymore. That that was a Cinderella team coming in the tournament and, and up, pulling upsets. You know, they're a favorite, and they're now, yeah, back to back years getting embarrassed. So, um, I, I like that that UConn team took it to them, and I think that UConn Miami game is the championship game. I think it the basically FAU, is the FAU San Diego State game on the other side of the bracket is. Two nice stories, you know. They're two nice stories, but I, I don't think either of those teams can beat either Miami or UConn, whoever gets the championship game. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything could happen. Anything has happened, and it, anything could happen from here on out. I mean, if Miami, it's crazy wins- that FAU or San Diego State will be in the championship game. One of those teams is going to be playing for the championship game. Like that's it's. Crazy. It is absolutely crazy. It's not. <laughs> it's not one of those like schools where you you have no idea where they are on a map, like uh like a Fordham or a um, Creighton, you know any of those like whoa who are these guys you know yeah. Butler 
of, right. of past years. No, it's their schools. You know, you know, you know where they are. They're uh, their first weekend out every time they make the tournament. Right. And here and they are. Here they are. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Like, what a it, nine seed and a, a five seed. Okay. What I really like, I'm get, this is, this is a little segment called getting ahead of the storyline. Um, uh, FAU owls um, were made, were put on the map. Their football program was put on a map um, by Howard Schellenbrecher, Schellenberger, one of those two. Um, when he left Miami, um, he left Miami after winning a couple national championships there and he went down and built their football program. So there's a very large connection between, uh, FAU and, um, and Miami. I think, um, that's going to get a lot of media coverage if they both yeah, win. So hey, look out for that one. Geographically, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that geographically, and there's just a big connection between the schools. Mm-hmm. But isn't Boca Raton like I don't know ten miles from Miami? Uh, yeah, it's, it's close by. Yeah, Boca Vista. Is that is it Boca Vista or Boca Raton? Uh, Boca Vista is the the retirement home or retirement community in Seinfeld, where where, where Seinfeld's parents retire to. Okay, I'm uh, pulling up a map here. Yeah, honestly, they're within the same metropolitan area. Uh, Boca Raton and Miami. It's pretty quick mapping by me. Yeah, nice job. Thank you. Mapstar. Match.com. Map.com. Maps.com. Um, okay. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with the tournament? Uh no, man. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much uh where they lie right now. I think that the I think that the the, the matchup to Miami UConn is gonna be a really good game. And the champion of the tournament, I think, will emerge from that game. That's my prediction. I think that's a pretty solid prediction. I don't think it's not really a hot take or anything. It's, it's not that hot of a take. San Diego State, <laughs> they they play really good defense. FAU, they're a really fast team. How about that hairline on their point guard? How about yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. It's making it's way it. up there. Yeah, buddy. You, <laughs> your day's coming pretty soon. Just yeah, just there comes a time we gotta cut that thing off. But uh no, I think you found ways to beat teams in different ways and they're they're deep. I think they play a 12 man rotation, I want to say a 10, 10 to 12 man rotation. So they stay fresh and they find ways to beat you. Yeah, I would really like their play where they um they all yeah. five start on the on the end line there and they just like run a route. Yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like a football route. Like a, I love a good football play. So yeah, absolutely. Draw it up, Uncle Rico. <laughs> NCAA talk. We're talking bird of the week. There's a bird in the sky. Look at him fly. Why? Got that avian. Got that Mac Miller avian, son. Yeah, give credit. Give credit where credit's due. We're throwing Mac Miller in there uh, as the segue song into Bird of the Week. It's my personal favorite segment. Had a hard time finding one this week. Um, for the second week in a row, I thought I'd be cute with it. Thought I'd throw the FAU Owls, a uh, uh, little bird seed there. Um, they're doing a great job out there. Or I guess they like owl or they like uh, mice better than bird seed. But um, thought, thought I'd throw a little dead mouse out there for them. That's the second fun. time you've had the FAA owl, FAU owls in your conversation, but they didn't make the cut. 
Yeah, and they're my only honorable mention. I yeah. I like them. Twice now. You got to win the enough. championship to get bird of the week. They're like the Buffalo Bills of your bird of the week. They just can't. They just can't <laughs> win it all. Can't get yeah, the top of the Wide left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be serendipitous only for our show if their final shot of the year just went wide left? You know what I'm saying? You called it. You called it our here in episode five. Yeah, our show would go viral. Immediately. Yeah, everyone wow, they call oh my god, they call How did it. he know? How did he know? It's incredible. Oh, a <laughs> Revan Bone show. They're gonna be <laughs> famous. My bird of the week this week is uh a kill deer, and not not only just any kill deer, it's a kill deer that has parked itself in this parking lot and made a little nest in this construction site parking lot. Um right on the ground it's actually illegal it's illegal to uh move this bird so they had to put little traffic cones around it um oh, wow. it's living its life it nested right down there in the gravel i'm looking at it right now it's a beautiful bird a uh, little information about them they're robin sized um both sexes are the same size they got a wingspan of about 18 into 19 inches they're brownish tan with a with a little white on top and below they got a white chest um a bright orange buff rump is conspicuous oh. in flight. That's what uh, allaboutbirds.org tells me. Um, they like to they like to run around, and then uh, what they do is they they take a few steps and look around, and then they run around a little bit more. Um, when they're disturbed, they break into flight. So my bird of the week is the kill deer down in South Carolina. Uh, I hope he's living his best life down there in that parking lot. He's getting well taken care of. Uh, he cannot be moved, not legally, and he will not be moved. So uh, big time, big time, uh, big ups to Berkeley Electric Cooperative in Johns Island, South Carolina, um, for spotting him and making him safe. Uh, is it him? Spotting her and making her safe. Um, I'm just going to assume that it's a her because she's probably nesting. I don't really know the gender roles of the killdeer, but... Um, I'll look into that. Uh, tune in next week. Maybe I'll give you a little update on the on the kill deer. But that's my bird of the week. Very excited about that. When I found that article, um, I knew I knew that it had to be bird of the week. Uh, so everyone, give your support, give your love down there to the kill deer, uh, laying its eggs. Uh, I hope it has a beautiful offspring uh, that lives a very long and happy life. Yes. Yes. Anything to add to that? No, I, I I do nothing about that one. I'm just gonna give give my thoughts and prayers, uh, my T's and P's. Yeah, um, kill deer. I kind of exhausted everything everything that I know about it. Um, so why don't we just dive into yours? That was impressive. That was impressive. Um, I, I so I had a similar story happen where a, a bird that that I thought was gonna be my bird of the week kind of came to me like in a in a very strange way. I was driving down 83, Route 83 uh, southbound, and there was a goose on the other side of the road that that was standing there. As I'm driving past, um, there was another car coming opposite opposite way of me, right towards towards the goose. That goose that was in the road moved off to the side of the road like off the shoulder but another goose flew in and landed right where that goose was and got its wing like clipped a little bit no and i see it just kind of like shivering around like trying to shake it off a little bit 
And I'm looking at my rearview mirror like, oh, my God, that goose just got fucked, got, got clipped by that truck that just drove past, like this pickup truck. And the other goose came back. And they're like, he's like, you can tell us, like, trying to help him out, whatever, communicating, however geese communicate to each other. But honking. Um, they honk at each other, similar honking. to cars. Yeah. But eventually, they both got up and they both flew off. They just flew That's off. great. Yeah. That's great. Like, oh. Bird of the week. That goose. I thought, Bird of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to drive, turn, bust a quick U-turn, and you know, nurse this this goose back to health. But uh, it made it on, made it on its own, flew off to wherever the hell it was going, and uh, it's probably in Canada somewhere now. Probably not. Well, yeah, it is springtime. You yeah, thought you were gonna have to take it under your wing, and and uh, what do you do with what do you do with a goose that? that has I gotta a chew wing? my chew my food up and spit it back oh, in the mouth. Like, it's like that movie. It's like that movie with the the little glider that the girl flies, Fly Away Home. Never saw it. Never you even should. heard of it. I definitely watched that a couple times in like classes when uh, in, in at like elementary school. It's a great movie. Great flick. It'll bring a tear to your eye. Okay. So your bird of the week, Fly Away Home, the goose fly from goose. from <laughs> Route 80 or wherever you were. Wow, that's a great pick, T-Bone. Great pick. All right, moving on. That wasn't my pick. You're 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 snubbing my pick. I know it's uh... intentionally. I know you don't like the guy, but man, oh man, <laughs> just being quirky. <laughs> so my that was my runner up. That goose, that that tenacious goose who uh, made it through that 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 traumatizing experience. Um, but I've got a I've got a bird of the week that may not be a bird for long. And we alluded to him earlier in the episode. We mentioned we're going to talk uh, extensively on him and his situation in Baltimore. It's current Baltimore Raven. Oh, not for long. Lamar Jackson. Hey, um, you know, that's what they say. NFL, not for long. Not for long. You know, it's it's it, 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 short lived careers and short lived tenures on teams. And that's why you got to make that money while you can, you know, Just soak up as much cash as you can while you can. Uh, put that money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the thing that that's uh, the conversation sort of steered towards with Lamar in Baltimore is is all about that bag and him trying to secure that bag for himself and Baltimore not really willing to to give to give it to him. So they tagged him, I believe, right? Just just yes. Just so they they've acknowledged that he's a franchise dude. Um, guy's a former MVP. He's got a 49 and 21 record as a starter, which over 700 winning percentage is pretty solid. Um, Baltimore's a perennial playoff team. Um, I think Good that defense. He, yeah, the defense has been okay with him. Their better defenses are behind him, but you know, I'm just saying historically early 2000s. Yeah, but no, yeah, no Lamar Jackson led team has really had the defenses of the caliber of, of the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed defenses of the two thousands. So uh, I'd love to see them return to form there with, with Roquan and the guys that they got on the defense and put some pieces around Lamar, build a build a, a real contender, but he's requested a trade. He hasn't demanded the trade yet, but he has requested the trade. There's a fine line. What's the difference? Between, fine line between requesting it and demanding it, right? Like he's not holding out. He's requested it politely. <laughs> Said, Hey, can I have a trade? Hey guys, I got I got a request. Well, yeah, is it okay? Asking for a trade is that different than requesting a trade? I think it's the same. 
demanding is where it's, it becomes sticky because then it's like, well, I'm going to hold out or I'm not going to show up to camp or I'm going to be a, uh, a disruption in the locker room kind of situation. Like that's kind of how I take it. But I think if you're I asking or requesting, you have like the support of your teammates, you have the support of the front office a little bit. They kind of know the the situation a little bit more. It doesn't, doesn't so much come out of the blue, but I would say asking is, Hey, can I be traded? Yeah. Requesting can would I, be like, can I be traded? I would like to be traded. I would like to, I would like to be traded. Demanding is like, you're going to trade me. I'm getting traded or I'm, you'll never see me in this locker room again. Yeah. So he's in the request mode. He's in request. Yeah. He's on the, re- he's on the request line. Nice. TRL. TRL. Shout out Carson Daly. Yeah. Um, so what, okay. You think I don't like him? Yeah. You've made, you've made allusions to not liking, like not liking this game. Not true at all. I enjoy no. watching him. Who does? I think he's very. He's, he's, he's very fun. He's very explosive. Yeah, for sure. I just don't think it's worth paying that much for a wide receiver. You know. Wow. <laughs> Went there. Took it there. I go there every time because it always gets you all riled up. I'm not riled up. I just think it's silly. It's a silly comment because he's not a wide receiver. I know. That's why I say it. I'm a quarterback, a professional <laughs> quarterback. Because you still, you still like <laughs> at least some level of you takes me seriously when I say that, and I, I... <laughs> because you say it so much, you said it so many times now. <laughs> it's like the Baker Mayfield comment. I can't tell if you're serious or not because you well, bring I'm... it up so often about about Baker Mayfield being legit quarterback by Lamar Jackson being a wide receiver. <laughs> So I'm peeling got... off my Baker's my Baker stance. I'm <laughs> I'm peeling off. He's got a chance to redeem himself this year, yeah. but he didn't show too much in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. So no, maybe maybe Baker's in, not that. In guy. his defense, though, and I'm I'm one of the biggest Baker haters there are. In his defense, he didn't really have a ton of time to learn that offense in LA, so it wasn't really set up for him to really have immediate success. But of course, I agree completely. But. We'll see this year. Yeah, he's got another chance. You know, the number one picks get get second and third chances, and we'll see how he how he fares down down in Tampa. Baker. This will technically be his fourth chance. So let's go ahead and update the ticker. Yeah. It's no longer Lamar Jackson talk. It's now Baker Mayfield talk. Um, what do you think about his weapons that he's got down there in Tampa Bay? I mean, he's got Leonard Fournette still. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got a lot of. I'm just joking. Yes. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from uh, Lamar Jackson. I know you got a lot, a lot of, a lot of gas to burn on this one. So what do you got? <laughs> um, no, I think that I think that he he's obviously a former MVP. The man has been successful in the NFL. I just think that Baltimore needs to put some weapons in place in his wide receiver core that that set him up for for greater success. His best receiver was Mark Andrews, his tight end, and um, or that Hollywood Brown. Who they traded he away. He got traded last year, so I know that's really, what I'm saying. They didn't, they didn't really replace him, so he can't throw the ball to himself as much as you'd like him to throw the ball to himself as a wide receiver. He can't do that. I would personally like that because it'd be very <laughs> even more that'd be entertaining. Super cool though if he threw it up, just ran under it. That'd be sick. I mean, that's that's some backyard football 101 <laughs> right there. Is when you don't have any friends, you just toss the football oh, up yeah. and run underneath it. Yeah, yeah, I know all about that game. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe. Maybe the old number five, Kevin Shonovan, can teach him a thing or two, you know? Uh, yeah. Get the old pigskin out in the backyard. Hey, Lamar, just toss it really high. Run underneath it. 
Um, no, I like Lamar Jackson. I think that the biggest crux of it is uh, one, he doesn't have an agent. Um, so I, no, 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 that's not the biggest crux of it. That is a crux of it. Um, as far as negotiating, because it's, it's very easy to be insulted by the first offer, but typically it's not, it's not. Wasn't that happened with Roquan too? Wasn't that Roquan yeah. working without a reason too? Right. So like, well, yeah. Same and thing. same thing happened with Roquan and the bears. Yeah. You know, Ultimately, was, they parted ways. So do you think that Baltimore trades Lamar Jackson? I don't think so. I think that he's going to be back with back with the Ravens. I think we're going to smooth things over. I don't. I think that him going on Twitter, uh, saying a, he's been saying a bunch on Twitter. I think that that's uh, it's a negotiating tactic. Um, I feel like Ro- Roquan did kind of the same thing. Yeah, he did. And I guess that's Where, their only avenue. When they don't have an agent to you know negotiate behind closed doors, they've got to bring that to a public forum so that they feel that they're being protected when they don't have necessarily like a, a an agent going to bat for them, you know? Right. And I think that that's it. Like that they don't have an agent. Uh, Lamar doesn't have an agent. So he go, he went in there and said, Hey, I want this much. And they're like, listen, we're going to offer this much. If he had an agent going in there and saying, Hey, we want this much. They're like, eh, yeah, no. Well, the agent's going to soften that blow for Lamar. So it's going to make it right. a much less toxic negotiation yeah it's less personal and, and and more understanding of the business aspect of it which ultimately that's all that it is yeah no i think that they built their team around him and i don't think mm-hmm. that they've truly surrounded him with as much talent as um as would would allow him to flourish in that so if I'm Lamar, yeah I don't know if I want to play for them even if they were to offer the money I would want to play for a team that um, maybe necessarily not necessarily would pay him, you know, the guaranteed money, but is like, Hey, I'm going to put these weapons around you. I'm going to, you know, build your offense around you and give you all these guys to really make you succeed and make you make the most money. And, uh, not only, you know, on the field, but in endorsements and everything like that, because I mean, you, you think about it and your, your level of play dictates the amount of endorsements that you get. Um, and so, if you play really well and you have a lot of people around you, you're going to be on more commercials. You're going to be in more advertisements and you're going to make more money that way. Uh, You go to a bigger market than Baltimore. Baltimore is not the biggest market out there. I think that he, yeah, there's a lot more opportunity for him out there. I think he's a great player. I hear he wants to go to new England and play for Bill Belichick though. And and the Patriots. So that's the word on the street. I don't, I don't know if I buy that. That'd be a good. I think that'd be a good a good pairing. You know, I th- I really do. I think but. it would be because uh, Belichick knows how to get a lot out of the running game and the short passing game, um, which opens up a little bit. You know, deeper down the field, not necessarily like the deep ball type of offense, but it, I think Belichick would be able to scheme him up in some really good situations. That'd be a yeah. really interesting, really interesting pairing. But um, it kind of would backtrack on kind of what I say. Uh, they did sign some really good players this year. They got uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. They got uh, Mike Gusecki uh, yeah, out of Miami. Moves. It was strange. Yeah. Well, <laughs> either they're surrounding Mac Jones with talent or they're gearing up for uh, this run at Lamar, which nobody really saw coming mm-hmm. um, until now. But we'll see. Yeah. I think that they're going to smooth things out in Baltimore. I think that... Um, He's there to stay. 
Yeah, I'd like to see him stay and be the be the franchise quarterback for his career. Um, I'd like to see them put some more pieces around him. They've got a decent core with, with, with Andrews at tight end, uh, Dobbins in the running game. They've got a bunch. They got like twelve running backs that just come in and fill up when one guy goes down. But Dobbins, I think, is their their best, most talented core, uh, running back. But um, they need some receivers, you know, and that's a big one. I mean, yeah, that's a, a that's a pretty <laughs> big one, and they kind of missed out a lot on uh, the guys in free agency. I don't even know if they're trying for it. Uh, they got the draft coming up. There's some good wide receivers in the draft. You know, there's a guy out of TCU. I forget his name right now. Quinton Johnson, I think. Um, go ahead and fact check that one. But uh, you got him. You got Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Those are the two biggest names that I know of. If they snag one of those guys, then hey, boom, you got a wide receiver right there. Um, it's just, he, he's not doing himself any favors right now. Um, right. he didn't right. do himself any favors by the situation at the end of the year where all of the optics he's come out and said, like, you know, he's shown like his medical situation, like, Hey man, I, my MCL was, uh, all swollen at that game. What do you want me to do? You know, mm-hmm. but the optics of it at that time were like, Hey dude, you're not traveling with the team for the playoff game. It seems like you're kind of just holding out. So you don't get hurt before this big contract comes up. That's not a good look. No. Uh, and then you have the you have the free agency situation, not free agency situation, but you have the contract situation where um that we're in right now. And I don't think that it's a great look for him. Um, but it's kind of his only play without an agent. Yeah. What's the reason guys work without agents? Is it just what's what's the business? Is it specifically so he doesn't have to pay somebody? Because I, like, I can I'm, negotiate I'm for myself. Ask, I'm genuinely asking because 95% of athletes work with an agent, and these outliers that don't work with an agent seem to be the ones that end up on the short end of the stick regularly. So I'm thinking, well, why not just work? Why, why aren't they working with an agent? To, Buddy, to, I'm asking the same to, question. You have to advocate for them on, on their behalf in those. You know, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I mean, on a personal level, I know that. Me and you, we are not currently working with agents, but if one were to approach us to uh, to take this show to the next level, you know, talk to advertisers, that type of thing, I'm I'll not going to say no. Yeah, I'm I, absolutely. If they say, hey, we'll take we're for 10, sure 20% agents, come <laughs> on board. You yeah. know, I think that would really be a nice symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And we can talk about those numbers. If you want to get at us in the comments section, all the agents out there, shoot us yeah, a line. Shoot us an email. We'll Drop us a comment over. on the blog against the spread.home.blog. Maybe bring we'll... us into the dot com sphere. I don't know. It, it's up to you guys. You guys are the experts. Right. And we'll defer to you as experts. Most of the time. Absolutely. After we're just, strong discussions. We're, we're just a couple of nitwits, you know, talking, talking stuff. We, yet we don't know as much as you do most of the time. So right. we're open to discussions. And I think, yeah, I think Lamar. He hasn't done himself any favors. And I I hope that I hope that we get to see him play football this year. The last thing that I want to see is him on the side, not even on the sidelines, you know, tweeting from home every Sunday because he's like, I'm not playing for the Ravens and nobody else wants me. And oh, I'm there's a there's a dozen teams that would that would chop at the bit for Lamar Jackson, but who question question will be who who's who's he willing to play for at that point? I think the question is who who wants is he dead set on the guaranteed money? Because if he is, then I don't think 
there's many teams that want to pay him that. Who has the money? Uh, we'll come down to who has the money to pay him that as well. You know? Yeah. And and of those teams, who has a quarterback hole that right. he would fit he'd better be into? For, yeah, he'd be looking for kind of a perfect storm of events to occur for him to land elsewhere. I, I think he ends up in Baltimore as well. I'd like to see him finish his career there. I agree. I think that Atlanta would be a good fit. I don't think that Ursay in, in Indianapolis, I don't think that he would bite that hard. I think that he's dead set on getting a quarterback through the draft because he's been burned so much by these veteran quarterbacks. Not saying mm-hmm. that Lamar is like some grizzled up veteran, like what uh, they have been trotting out there, but yeah, I, he's not Philip rivers in year 20 or Carson Wentz, or Carson Matt Wentz, Ryan. Or Matt Ryan, Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, you know, the these guys. On, that, on. Yeah. I think I that mean, they're dead set only, on Lamar's only four years removed from an MVP run, you know? Yeah. That's, that's not long ago. And does his injury um, concerns concern you? I think Baltimore has those answers the same way that we talked about. um, Who were we just talking about knowing someone else's injuries earlier? I don't know. We're just talking about. Who were we just talking about having an injury and, and only the organization knowing about the injuries? I think we're talking about Lamar Jackson. No, but earlier, earlier today. And then, regardless, um, Baltimore has has that insight more than any other team. Oh, we're talking about Carlos. Were we talking about Carlos? No, I was talking about someone else with Carlos Correa when he failed his physical. Oh, but... okay. It was a conversation that I wasn't a part of. That's why. Sorry. I yeah. Sorry. The twins. Yeah, the twins knowing about his injuries more than any other team, and being privy to that information. So Lamar's in that same boat where Baltimore is privy to his medical history more than other teams would be. So they sort of dictate the market on him, I guess, in, in a lot of ways, because they, they know the information that other teams don't know about. So yeah, the injury, the injury, the injury is, is Baltimore info right now and, and other teams info to, to sort of wonder about. Yeah. I think it was one of those like regular run of the mill knee injuries where you twist it the wrong way. Like I had one earlier this year where I, I sprained my knee and it wasn't, wasn't the same for five months. That's what it seems like. I hope that's what it is. I hope it doesn't turn into a Alonzo Ball situation. <laughs> and welcome to Bulls Talk. Ugh. That wasn't on the schedule, but it was not. It was, only a, it was only one mention. That's it. That's all we got to do. We don't have to talk oh. about it. Okay. <laughs> I got some takes for the Bulls, but we'll save that. We'll save it because they're pretty set in the into the play-in tournament right now. Um, yeah, they're at, the ten, they're at the 10 seed right now with, what, eight games to go? Yeah, they're not going to catch the team above them. They're not going to catch the, or they're not going to drop to the team below them. So they're they're in the playoffs. All right, we did it. Whether we like it or not, Time they're to make there. A run. Time to get hot and make a run. I also was going to go see the Bulls play the Clippers this Monday, and um, similar situation. Uh, just work went a little too long. You know, tickets were pretty pricey, and everyone was like, ah, "Maybe we'll we'll just go to the Angels game tomorrow night." And then we didn't go to either. Just working um, too hard. You work too hard. You care too much. Not me. I was sitting there patiently waiting in the in the meeting room with <laughs> yeah. these guys. Like, are we going or what? Yeah, Jeez. guys. Uh, the game starts in like an hour. We gotta, we gotta go. Yeah, the skedaddle. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out. So, 
Hey, big shout out to all my bosses out there that uh, hey, that hey. offer these games to me and pull the rug out from under me. So, Ouch! Yeah. Nothing worse than that. Yeah, we're going to a game. I can't wait. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, T-Bone? Cool. I have got, in honor of MLB opening day eve, I've got Off Color Brewing, Lincoln Park's finest brewery. Nice. Beer for ball games. Beer for Chester. ball games, baby. Ooh, I like that. What this is it? Cool. Off Color? Yeah, Off Color Brewing. Look at these mice. These mice playing baseball. You better watch out. FAU Owls coming in. Yeah, swooping you. Swooping you out of the right off the diamond. No, this beer is um, excellent. It's a nice little session ale, uh, American style cream ale. I've lowered the alcohol content this week to a, a, a paltry 4.2%. Nothing crazy tonight. Um, little Z, little, little um, two row, little caramel, malt, uh, dextrin, flake corn, little flake barley, little nugget hops, little, little met hops. Cascade hops. Tagline. Hey dad, want to have a beer? <laughs> oh, I like that. Field of Dreams. Kevin Field Costner. Dreams. Fellow yeah. Kevin. Classic. Oh, that's another one we should do. Another teaser episode, another segment. Best baseball movies of all time. Best football movies of all time. Best best, best sports movies of all time. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. I like that. I like that segment. And you have it in the spreadsheet too. Oh, I did um, put it in. Okay, I wasn't sure if I did or not. Oh, dang. I asked you first. It was going to be a really great segue. We'll come back to you. We'll rewind. We'll have you do that part as well. What am I drinking tonight, Kev? I'm drinking... Uh, well, I was drinking Miller Lite, but now I'm drinking Wolf Among Weeds IPA. I just cracked it open. This is from that Golden Road Brewery. Uh, There's a nice one local uh, right up the street from... Or right across the street from Angel Stadium. Really nice brewery. Nice colors. Um, I just had my first sip of it. It was delicious, nice and hoppy. Heard they added more hops to, to this one. It's uh, it's very nice. And um, of course, I, I had it out of the fridge. We we're recording this, so I had it out of the fridge and um, cracked it open, and it fizzed all over my floor right now. And I'm all out of paper towels. So Ooh. clean get up, that, get that Swiffer out. Leah, get in here. Um, a woman <laughs> so if we seem uh, like we've like we spaced out an hour or so it's because it's because we cut out the baseball segment that's going to be an episode on its own we talked for a solid hour about baseball was it an hour nice yeah it, it was good stuff um, you get in the zone just, baseball just brings you into the zone you know into the zone the the, the oh, strike zone know. Strike zone. There it is. The K zone. <laughs> so, from, so from going from uh, big baseball business to big business business, let's talk about Succession. Succession hey. is back on HBO Sunday nights. Season four, the final season, has finally kicked off. And uh, we're back with the Roy family. And I tell you what, it's good to be hanging out with them again. Nice to see them. You know, I haven't seen them in a bit. I was kind of wondering what they've been up to. Nice to catch up. Yeah, the last season they really, they, they were filming during COVID times, and they were really constrained to that, uh, their immediate area, and you can kind of tell in, uh, you know, watching it back. But, um, 
this new season, the they open up by gallivanting out to California. They had a couple scenes out there uh, in Southern California. And then they go up to Napa Valley, see the Pierce family. So what are, what are your thoughts on the episode? Um, I thought it was a good episode. The The problem I have, and it's a consistent problem I've had with the show in almost every season, is that there's a lot of talk amongst Shiv and Ken and Roman about what they're going to do, what they want to do. But they are just so unable to get on the same page with each other to actually pull the trigger and, and do something. It's really frustrating for me to watch them go around in these circles and have these, these cyclical conversations about what they want to do and how they want to get back at dad and do all these things. And then when it comes down to pulling the trigger, they get gun shy. And this episode, they, they actually did pull a trigger and they actually ended up going forward with a bid and, we'll see how, how it works out for them. I think that they um, have the ability and the potential to, to be a formidable foe for Logan, but it, it takes them all being on the same page at the same time and having that synergy uh, simultaneously in order to, to do that. And they've been unable to do so up until this point. So, well, yeah, you look at, you look at uh, they started the episode talking about this new website that they were going to form called the right. hundred. And uh, it seemed like a, a cool idea for them. You know, they were going to, they were going to toy around with that. Uh, good for them. But uh, they abandoned that very quickly once they. Yeah. They, like immediately. Like immediately <laughs> when they sniffed out that the Pierce family was available to be purchased right. uh, and their, uh, their empire was available. You know, they could buy that from them like immediately they were just like the hundred no dead and um yeah that was Which a little I disappointing thought... because it seemed like that was going to be a fun idea yeah yeah but at the end of the day that wouldn't have been something that would have you know stuck a knife in their dad's back which is kind of what their whole end game seems to be yeah so when they had the opportunity to do that and go and bid with uh the pierce family they took it immediately and I thought it was hilarious when the the matriarch of the Pierce family was like, you know, I don't want this. I don't like this 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 vibe. It feels like it's a bit. I don't want it to feel like a bidding war. And they're literally in a bidding war. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like lady. Yeah, she. What you're doing? Come on. You're one of those like, I don't and like she this. But she played the family's great. I thought she played the family members against each other perfectly. Like, it was really really well written to have them bidding against each other while she kind of pulled the strings, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of her end game was just like to get the most money out of this family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, while acting like she didn't care about the money. <laughs> yeah. But in previous seasons, he tried to buy them for like 20 some odd billion. And now it's down to, you know, six, seven, and then eventually 10 billion. Yeah. So she kind of lost, but she still, she got the upper hand at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, yeah, like you said, they they don't like to do the things on their own. They like to their end game is to get back at their dad. Yeah, I thought Roman had a really great line that um, just kind of summed it all up when it came down to the hundred and the bidding with the Pierce family. Like he 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 said uh, <clears throat> to Shiv and to to Ken, like you want to fuck dad, you want to fuck Tom. 
uh, I'm the only one that wants to set up a business as a business and doesn't want to fuck anyone. Like, yeah, it, it, that's, that's, that's a really good segue into what I, what I wrote down. My main thing is that over the years, like Kendall, not Kendall Roman has, he was the joke. He was the punchline in the first probably two seasons. And he's uh-huh. developed into this, the most clear headed person amongst the siblings where he's, I mean, his story arc where he was just under dad, under dad, under dad the entire time. And now he's just like, okay, like dad, fuck me over. Now I really want to just do my own thing. I don't, I don't care about that. I just want to figure things out on my own. Are these people like really in with me? Cause if they are, then great, let's do it. Yeah, Right. But guys, what are we doing here? Yeah. He, he wants he, he wants to do something different and they don't. I think they're coming from an older perspective where he's the young the youngest and has a younger perspective on things. And, well, and uh, he's also the most recently burned by them, right? Like because yeah, yeah. he hasn't really been burned by by his dad until this episode or in the last season where um, you know, he kind of burned everyone. And his response to it has been the best out of everyone of just like, okay, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And right. everyone else has been burned by, by him before Shiv with the carrot constantly dangled over, over oh, yeah. uh, her head. And then Kendall, obviously with his storyline over the years. Yeah. And those uh, are both coming externally from Logan directly to those two kids. Whereas I think Roman's struggle is more of an internal need to, to, to seek approval from, from Logan. Yeah, you know, like I want to do something on my own to show that to show my dad I have you know what it takes to succeed in business. Where Shiv and Ken come from a very vindictive place. I think it's, they're all they're all great, greatly written characters, and and they're all well acted. Um, yeah, I'm, where it's more like they need to prove something to their dad, and he's more like I need to prove something almost to himself. To myself, like he, which in turn will will garner that that approval that he that he so desperately clearly needs at the end of the day too. Yeah, and he's like the most vocal about like his insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if like his vocalness has kind of like nothing's bottled up with him. You know, he he is able to just like hash through things a lot better than both Shiv and Kendall. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. They're all great. They're they're all great character dynamics. And I think that's what makes the, the show so great. What makes the show continue to be um successful that all these characters you know individually have their own things going on, but they all connect to each other at the end of the day as well. Yeah. And that's what makes a great story. But they all keep them keep each other at arm's length too. Like it's oh, it's for like sure. They're I mean, they much. all kind of have their backup plans well, going huh? in yeah. <laughs> uh, in is succession the right word there? Yeah, it's all about optics for a lot of them where it's it's how how things are perceived versus what is actually happening. And that perception leads to business deals happening or relationships blossoming. It all depends on how things are, are 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 perceived by by an outside force it's it's it's, it's interesting i thought i thought it was really interesting though to see a, a a human side of logan where he's sitting at the diner with his his buddy talking about you know what are people and questioning the meaning of life and kind of 
coming to terms with the fact that he's his own mortality and what he's going to leave behind. And yeah, I mean, that wasn't even really his buddy. That's just his bodyguard. That's just like been around these past few seasons. Like you've never seen any interaction between those two. I yeah. mean, if you have, it's I been say minimal. Buddy he referred to him as his buddy, which I thought was yeah, it's like his best buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which and suddenly he's like his best friend. Like Logan hasn't developed any real relationships with anybody. Like his, his whole thing is very, you know, on the surface and business oriented. And beyond that, he doesn't really have relationships with anybody. His kid, his no. own kids included. Yeah. And I, you can tell that he like really misses his kids throughout this episode. Okay. Like he really misses sure. like from the, from just like going to dinner with anybody. Like he just picked his bodyguard because he knew that he wasn't going to get anything genuine from anybody else. Right. Not Jerry or, um, the other two uh, older yeah, guys, which I'm the monsters. Like that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, all right, somebody roast me. Somebody roast me right now. Yeah. And, like nobody could do it. And then fucking so Greg comes Greg out. <laughs> yeah. Greg's like, Oh, where's, where's your kids at Logan? Where's yeah. your kids on your big birthday? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Where's your dad at? Yeah. Jerking somebody off at the County fair. What? <laughs> it's like, Oh damn, dude. That seemed really personal. <laughs> yeah. But that escalated quickly. He was, yeah. He's like, setting himself up for that but yeah he just wanted somebody to like put him down he just want yeah he's desperate for some human connection whether it's a roast or his kids texting him like them having to like set up a text to set up a call like it's yeah. all so so removed from an actual personal experience um i think it's just it's it's really greatly written to keep the viewer in that sense of like not even knowing the characters that well when you think you know them really well you really don't because they're all at the end of the day human yeah and he make yeah and he's realizing that he doesn't have any human connections at all yeah nobody that's yeah that's uh that's kind of an overarching theme in this one with uh Mm -hmm. with both tom and shiv they're uh they they end the episode by ending their marriage yeah Um, that was a sad scene yeah, that was definitely a sad scene, and it also spoke volumes as to where both of their characters lie in terms of personal relationships. Like their their marriage was essentially a, an arranged thing, a business, a business uh, transaction almost. You know, so, at least from Shiv's perspective. Yeah, I'd say Tom. Like, like Tom really cared about her. Yeah, Tom's like, I could try to make love to you. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yeah, nah, I'm good. Nah. <laughs> But like, but she does like, she's just like, all right, I'm just going to lay down if you just want to stay. Like, Right. Right. Cause she so wants, I, she, needs, she needs someone to tell her that they want her. Like whether it's Logan as a father figure, Tom as a husband figure, her brothers as brother figures, she's not going to be the one to, to go out on a limb and be vulnerable ever. Yeah. Yeah, got, and if, if she senses that the other person like isn't going to be that person or isn't going is going to be like a little bit weak, she's then out. She, yeah, she's out. She's, um, she's out. And not yeah, only out, but then also like mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she'd be a rough out. person to be married to. Yeah, sure, for sure, just to be around in general. I think. Yeah, but more but specifically, married really, to. I thought it was a strong first episode. Um, definitely alluded to possibilities for the rest of the season. It's tied in previous themes from um, 
the first couple seasons. So um, it being the final season, I think that we'll get some answers. We'll get some moves actually being made, some decisions uh, coming to fruition. And I think they'll, they'll tie it up in a nice little bow. Well, yeah. In, in the intro, they showed a cell phone with Starjo as an application. And so that's uh, obviously Gojo and Waystar combined. So that, yeah. that does mean that the, it does go through. Mm-hmm. Right. So that gives you a little bit there. So uh, going back to the Pierce acquisition, boy, they really blew their entire capital on, on that acquisition. Huh? So yeah, <laughs> they kind of can't, they've left themselves with little flexibility on right. a media company that, they keep saying is like a dinosaur that isn't going to, that yeah. doesn't have much value. Yeah. Which Logan, I think knows too. Yeah. You know, cause his, his last thing was, you know, congratulations on saying the, the highest number. Yeah. Like you know? they, he Logan has it. the money to burn. Oh, they sure. don't No, That's everything for them. Literally everything. Like the, literally everything. And for Logan, it's, it's uh, a flash of, a, a uh what's what should we call it? It's a drop in the bucket. Drop in the bucket, thank you. <laughs> exactly. For him. It's yeah. it's not his whole empire. It's not his whole life savings. It's not his whole entire portfolio into one bid. Yeah. So now what do they get? They That's get one of many. They get a company that doesn't do much. I they haven't really like dove too much into what Pierce is. I would imagine it's I don't know, like Washington Post, that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like they exactly. they they exactly. lean to the it's a liberal newspaper. Yeah, pretty much. Do they have a TV station? Do they what do they have? I don't know. Like I think so. Like how are the how are the Roy kids going to get in there and actually make money off of this? Well, that's that yeah, that's that's what's going probably be the next few episodes of the season is is them figuring that out right navigating that new boy wouldn't wouldn't that be something if they just lost all their money and they're like oh dad can you help us out dad (laughs) dad lost all my money (laughs) dad we shot our wad on this one bed what do we do Ah, oh fuck off off. (laughs) exactly yeah um so Greg the Egg made a made a strong appearance in this episode. Uh, did I think his girlfriend is more nefarious than what's being led on? Yeah, I mean everyone everyone uh, was was definitely wary of that and definitely warning Greg of that. So and she was like, "Oh, I tried to take a, take a selfie with him," and like you saw her taking pictures the entire time. Yeah, asking personal questions, posting on social media. She's got coming something in going a, on. Coming like Greg... in with a bag to rob the place, apparently. <laughs> the interactions with with Tom and Greg are just hilarious. They're the Classic. the best type of comedic relief in this in this show. What are their was their nickname? The disgusting boys. The disgusting boys. <laughs> disgusting boys. <laughs> How's that for a nickname, man? I love that. I love that, man. <laughs> No, I really, I really enjoyed this first episode. It gave us a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. It, it, I hate to just say we'll see where it goes from here, but I mean, we'll kind of just, we kind of have to see. Yeah, There's it's a, lot a show. Of, yeah, <laughs> it's not. 
They're not real people. <laughs> no, <laughs> so we're just gonna see where it goes. <laughs> we're literally gonna watch where it goes on a TV. <laughs> yeah, yes, we will. Literally that, the, the dynamic between viewer and show. <laughs> did you have a segue into the last segment of uh of the night? Music talk? Yeah, I think we were talking uh, about the hundred and them venturing into culinary and into music so we can venture into music ourselves let's do it let's venture into music what if what have you been listening to what have you been liking what have you been uh not liking because the month of march is coming up uh coming coming to an end soon in two days uh, i have i have more albums listened to this month than any month of the year i'm up to 83 for the month of march um 230 albums for the month for the year of 2023 so my 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 quest to listen to every album of 2023 is still alive and kicking um and that's amongst a lot of podcasts i've been listening to a lot of the always sunny podcasts have you listened to that no i don't listen to podcasts oh it's great well this is the only podcast you need but the always sunny podcast is hilarious um music wise though I what this week I got into the MS Paint or Miss Paint. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's M S P A I N T, all caps. Post American. It's a, a punk punk album uh, with some synth with some really strong lyrics. I really like that album a lot. What are the uh, lyrics about? Um, just about taking control of your own life. I would say is the overarching theme. Um, not letting outside factors get in the way of your own pursuits of happiness. I like that. I, that's a, can, that's a pretty good thing. Can nutshell it. Can nutshell it that way. Yeah, nut um, it up. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Meg Myers, I listened to. I like this week. Six lakh. Uh, constant smiles. Is that how you pronounce that? Six lakh. Six I've lack, heard yeah. also black. No, there's a six there for a reason. Yeah, six but it lack. looks like a B. Six lack. It looks like black. Good album though. Good, good, good progressive R and B there from Six Lack. He's very, he's very similar to uh, Frank Ocean. I was gonna say that too, but I think he's got he's got more upbeat songs, and Frank Ocean gets a little more introspective. I think. Uh, well, stuff. you but look at the, Channel Orange. Channel Orange has more upbeat songs. Same realm, yeah. Yeah, they're playing uh, in the same field, same ballpark yeah, for, sure. for sure. One's in right uh, field, one's at first base. Yes, yes, yes. My favorite few albums from this past week since we last had an episode M83 Fantasy, Lana Del Rey. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? And then Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia scaring the hose. Those are my I was gonna bring it, I was gonna bring up the Danny Brown album. I hope you like it. That is a great album title, I just have to say. But yeah. um, that album killed. I thought that album killed, like front to back, just high energy um, bangers, front to back, like 100% bangers. Like, loved it. Loved it. And then on the flip side, Lana Del Rey, not bangers, but bangers in a different sense, where it's <laughs> these beautiful ballads, beautifully arranged songs. Um, I think Sorry, she I comes sneezed. in. Her... Oh, bless you! I didn't know what that what was happening there. Thank you. Salute. 
Kasuntai. Um You're saying oh, oh, Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey. She really yeah, comes into I, her. She's coming. I think she really came into her own on this album in terms of songwriting and arrangements. Um I I love I thought I really fell in love with this album. I listened to it a few times now and it got better each time I listened to it. You find different things, different notes she hits, different um ways that she put together songs. Um I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh I have that at my number four for the month. If I could touch on that as well, I I'm yeah. still working my way through it. Um you gotta be in the right mood, or at least I gotta be in the right mood to mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a huge Lana Del Rey fan, but I got to be in the right mood to really for the album to really click with me. Um, what so, kind of yeah, mood I, do you like to be in when you put a Lana Del Rey on? Do you like to be sad? Do you like to be happy? Do you like to be neither? Uh, I like to. I prefer to be happy. If I'm sad, like I don't want the last thing I want to do is listen to sad music. Um, so yeah, I prefer to be in a in a better mood. Um, last week was a rougher week for me. So this week I am diving a little bit further into it. Um, I listened to some of it today. I really enjoyed what I did listen to. Um, yeah, just the way that she dives into her insecurities with her own like snappiness to it. But like, you can tell that the snappiness is like a, it is a guise to like cover up, Mm -hmm. cover up what she's going through, cut, like cover up her true feelings. Um, so that's what i really if shiv were to make a a record right yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) shiv del rey over here shiv del Uh, rey yeah um i think that this album will grow onto me more right now it's not grabbing me yet but um it's lana del roy that's what it should have been that's so much better missed it (laughs) let's go back let's go back but um yeah no i that album's coming in coming into its own in my uh portfolio of albums that i enjoy um so looking forward to listening to that more but go on it's good um that actually wraps up my 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 best of the week that i've gotten into um uh yeah you have a blog coming out on against the spread.home.blog oh right 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 Yes, yes. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So right now, as of today, I've got twenty-two albums in the running for my top twelve, which I'll recap on the blog at the end of the month. There's still another Friday this month coming up to uh, day after tomorrow, with another twenty albums, thirty albums being released. So I'm gonna I'm gonna head over a hundred albums for the month, and. This is the most competitive month of of albums for me, for sure. Like That's pretty January, good. January was a little slow. Typically, year after year, January is a slower month for for albums being released. February came out pretty strong, and then March just like exploded with all these albums came out that I really, 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 really super enjoyed. So, um, check out the blog. We'll have albums up top twelve. I'm gonna probably have to include a few honorable mentions this month, which I hadn't done January, February. But with March having so many quality albums come out, I'm going to throw in some honorable mentions as well. So be sure to check that out. Check out the albums that we feature and tell your friends. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I know that uh, I hyped up the Follow Boy album um, coming into this week. Um, so I'm just going to touch on that real quick. But it, it's okay. 
and that's a disappointment. Um, it's got some good songs, but I think the best songs were the singles. So overall, it's okay. Nothing's really standing out as that like urgent, punchy pop rock that like American Beauty, American Psycho had, or Save yeah. Rock and Roll, or Foyle Adu uh, had. All of those albums are just like just have this like I don't want to repeat myself, but like this urgency to them in this um like American Beauty, American Psycho, each song had a different feel to it, but it all felt cohesive. Um, just huge choruses that didn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this album felt pretty forced. Um, yeah. I like, did give like, it another listen today just to double back because I initially listened to it. I think I, I texted you about it. I said, yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, but I want to give it another chance. So I did so today and it kind of still fell in that, that just very like, flat zone yeah like a lot of the songs on it were like what made me say like okay this one isn't my favorite hopefully the next one's better and you just kept saying that until the album was over i kept saying that until the (laughs) album was over and that's not a good thing i liked the like james bond-esque song in the middle um with the just just the huge song I, i forget what it was called uh something about muse oh yeah i am my own muse yes that one was a fun song yeah um because it was so different that felt like it could have fit on a lot of their other albums uh in the past 10 years uh it's crazy that american uh save save rock and roll came out 10 years ago um so that's kind of wild um and it's even crazier that mania the one album that i really didn't care for that was five years ago that was 2018 so they've really been just hanging out but man it, it was from where they're from where they're singles were to where the rest of the album fell this one was a disappointment i don't think it's going to make my way into you know their their rotation when i go on a fallout boy kick i don't think this one's going to fall in um so that's a bummer but hey what can you do um i mean that's really what's been sticking out to me but you're the music man. You got a you got a blog coming up on against the spread blog. Very excited to check that out. Um, so anything you're excited for for this week the, to round out the month? Anything for for the this coming Friday that's coming out that you're excited about? Me personally, no. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pussifer, it's the main one I'm I'm looking at. Um, Maynard's uh, third group. And Melanie Martinez, I think that's the only two I'm really standing out as as coming out this week. But um, man, March has been chock full of, of really great music. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what I'm April excited. has to come. I'm excited to share them all with y'all. Yeah, make sure you like, make sure you like and subscribe, follow the blog. We got all kinds of content coming at you regularly. Yeah, follow the blog, follow the podcast. Thanks for listening tonight, guys. I don't have anything else. You got anything else? Yeah, baby. Happy opening day, everybody. (laughs) It's a long episode. Every time I'm just like, oh, we don't have that many segments. And this is another long episode. I'm not going to guess the time, but long episode. So good stuff. And T-Bone just jumped off the call. So I guess I'm just finishing up this this up solo. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on againstthespread.home.blog. We'll check you guys out next time. Jimmy, Jimmy, right? Jimmy, Jimmy, cook up, Jimmy, give me high. Love me if you love him, love. you can be my life.